Well, hey, friends, this is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to The Courage Cast. Today, I talk with my friend, Eddie Villa. He, he and his wife, Angela, are blue diamonds in doTERRA. We experience each other all the time. I see him on social media quite a bit. Very inspiring man. Love how vulnerable he is and passionate he is about helping others get out of their ruts and get past some of their issues of mindset and belief and also helping them to skill up in their network marketing skills. He and Angela are a true gem. They provide a ton of value, and I'm excited to share my conversation with Eddie Via with you, and that's coming up right after this little intro, and we get right into it. We don't even, I don't even introduce him until about five minutes in, so enjoy this conversation with Eddie Via. I, I'm, I've always been, I shouldn't say always, but I've been a fan of podcasts since like forever. Yeah. I, I freaking love them. Uh, I do too. Which is what made me want to create them. I had no idea how until, you know, years ago or whatnot, but yeah. Um, so. How did you learn? How did you learn how to do podcasting? Um, just trial and error or did you follow us? Oh, totally trial and error. Yeah. I never took any classes or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my, my, most of my life has all been trial and error. I was never really very good at asking for help. Yeah. So mm. I, yeah, it, like for me, I just try to figure things out. So like I learned how to be a filmmaker on my own. I learned how to play the guitar on my own. I learned how to play basketball on my own. Uh, a, a lot of those things I did on my own until I learned how to surround myself with people that did it better than me. Uh-huh. And without them knowing, I was learning from them, you know? Now, <laughs> You, do you think there was an um, an arrogance about learning on your own, or do you think it was a selfishness, or was it a fear of asking for help? Great or question. Was, yeah, I'm just curious. Um, I I think it was maybe training embedded in my head early on that we don't need help, that we should be able to do things on our own. Like that was a, I think that was a thing that was just buried in my head early. I don't know where it came from, but I can I can't remember a time when I learned it. You know what I mean? Like if you, if like the belief was, if I didn't know how, or I didn't figure out how to do something on my own, then it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like if someone showed me how to do something and then I did what they did, it didn't count. Mm. You know, that was, but that I can guarantee that was a thought or a belief I had at a very young age. I don't know where the, the, uh, the, birth the root of it place. is. The root I of don't it is. know. Mm-hmm. But I, I can tell you that was very ingrained early, early on. And I'm, if I had, if I had to just guess theoretically theory, I think it was because that was the belief or the, what I saw in the men around me. Mm-hmm. I never saw any man, including my dad ask for help. Yeah. And my dad, I think more than anybody needed it big time, Yeah, but never saw him. And my dad was, my dad was not a great dad, but I, he always did cool stuff. You know, like my dad was a really good pool player or a really good card player, or he did magic or, mm-hmm. you know, people loved talking with him. You know, he was like the source of cool stuff to me when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I never saw him developing himself. And I certainly never saw him asking people for help. Yeah. So maybe that's where it came from. I think it's ingrained in us. There's a certain bit of um, ego. There's a certain bit of um, manliness that, that, you know, the typical stereotype of a man who never asks for directions, but always gets lost, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I totally. get that. I get that. So, uh, all right. Well, I'm interviewing you right now. We're actually talking right now. That's just, cool. We just started oh, recording in the I middle of the conversation. And, <laughs> I uh, and I have my friend Eddie Via joining me on the Courage Cast. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here, brother. Totally. This is fun. Yeah. So Eddie and I first met. First of all, he's a gigantic dude. He's like, you know, you're, you're so tall. First time I met you, uh, I was blown away by how tall you are. Um, but for some reason, it's interesting, Eddie, I always get along with people that are taller than me. Huh? Why is that? I wonder. I wonder why that is. But for some reason, some of my best friends, some of my best business partners have been taller than me. And it, it, I don't know why um, that happened to be the case or not, but um, interesting. So Eddie, I, know. Met- I, could, I could probably give you some insight on that. I, yeah. What do you think? My whole life, I've always been taller than everybody. My whole life. I grew up in El Monte and El Monte Mexicans don't be, don't grow to be six foot seven. That mm-hmm. just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So my whole life growing up, I was always the guy where I stood in the back in the class picture and in the middle. That was my spot, right? Uh-huh, right? And then there was one year in sixth grade where a girl moved into town and she took that spot and I just, I didn't like her. But anyway, <laughs> my, point is, my point in this is that my whole life I've been tall, but um, I've always, like every time I'm in a new environment with new people, there's always this general assumption that I have leadership qualities and that I'm a person that, I sh- that should be followed and listened to and even of influence. That's, that's my whole life has been like that. And I have never wanted it ever. Mm-hmm. So I would fight it constantly because I didn't like it and I didn't feel secure, you know, to do it. So maybe that, you know, maybe that's the thing, you know, sometimes people like we live in Orem, Utah, where there's this giant mountain right by our home. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest. I like it. I like being near it because there's a sense of comfort that comes with some massive thing living near me and almost like it's a protector, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my thought. Maybe that, maybe that means something for you. I don't know. <laughs> it does actually. Um, I've always been attracted to mountains as well. I want to live in the mountains at some point. Um, I, I'm just, I, I, for some, for some reason it's, it's a protection, it's a stability. It's a, yeah, there's just a, a beauty of, about it and a, a, a source of comfort knowing that there's a mountain that I'm in the middle of mountains. So did you um, describe me as a mountain earlier? <laughs> Maybe I just did. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think you're, I think you're also tall, dark, and handsome. Maybe right. no, you know. I'll take that. I will accept that. I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh yeah. So when I met you the first time I met you, yeah. I remember thinking, oh well, this is just a nice guy who listens to our podcast back in the day. Yeah. The second time I was exposed to you, you were a completely different person. We do doTERRA together just to set this up a little bit better. Um, You listen to our podcast. It's kind of how we were first introduced to each other. And, um, but the, but then when I saw you at the next convention or leadership, I don't remember where it was, Mm -hmm. your, your posture was one of confidence. I wouldn't say that the first time I met you, I yeah. felt like you, I didn't sense this. I didn't get the sense of confidence, but the second time I met you, it was like you were a different person. What happened? Do you think in that time? Yeah, that was, uh, I'm without even asking, I'm going to guess that was 2000. That was convention. Am I guessing right? Say that again. Convention. Was that, I'm, not, I'm just guessing, but was that convention 2015? Yes. 
That's okay. what it was. That mm-hmm. makes total sense. So in, uh, so the, the previous convention was 2014 and you caught me where I decided in between there that I was going to change. I needed a change in my life. Uh, so to, to tell the short version of this, cause man, I could go on a rant. There's so much to tell it really is. But in no, right around November of 2014, uh, I realized that my fears, my big time fears were holding me back. And I was feeling this sense of a calling. You know what I mean? Like when I say, if I say I kept hearing a voice. Yes. And it was telling me I needed to move. And I, I can't say it was, I mean, like some people would say it's God. Some people would say it's the Holy Spirit or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, it probably was, but you know, or sometimes it's even me just being critical of myself, but it was like, you need to go, you need to move, you need to grow. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to get better. And I, for a while, tried to ignore that because that's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. Because <laughs> I like fun and that wasn't fun to be feeling, feeling like I was, that I was holding, not just holding myself back, but I was keeping something of value that I had from other people. Right. So November, 2014, uh, I'm sitting in my car and, and I ended up like, I was just sitting there. I think I was waiting for my kids from school. And I finally had just reached a point where I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm unhappy. Even though our doTERRA business was thriving and we were growing and had every reason to be happy, except for this was I wasn't growing and I wasn't doing something. Mm. And I wasn't pushing myself beyond my limits because I'd done it before in my jobs and, you know, business, you know, my jobs in the past, but why wasn't I doing it now when I had an opportunity to do it for our, my life and my business? Yeah. Were, were you moving already full-time in your doTERRA business or were you? Yeah. Yeah. It had been a year. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It had been a year since I quit my job job to go mm-hmm. build a business with doTERRA. Mm-hmm. And that year was rough for me because I thought I could just work my way in and, you know, and no problem, blah, blah, blah. But it's a totally different muscle. It's a totally different beast. And I, I was totally um, scared of it. Like I remember being in my office and I'm at home, my kids are playing in the next room and I'm on my computer and I'm literally pretending to be doing something. Like I'm working on spreadsheets and I'm, and I'm trying to like come up with these cool ideas for us to track numbers and come up with strategies and a strategy is number one strength for me. That's my thing. Uh And I'm just like, I'm literally in there lying to myself, acting like I'm actually doing something. And I, and then a couple of hours go by. And when I'm done, I'm like, there's really no fruit to my labor whatsoever. None. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my kids have been playing out here for two hours. I mean, honestly, I could have just thrown all that garbage out and just played with my kids. And I would have had much more, you know, much more uh, positive fruit, if you will, something more value. Yeah. So things like that were happening and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And that was when I was just, I kind of reached my end and I, I, I honestly said a prayer. I don't know that I actually, the conscious prayer was like inside. It was like, help me. Mm. I'm done. I'm done feeling this way. And I, that was the big catalyst. I'm did done you feel, did you feel, um, what was the feeling like feeling this way, like useless or sick. just, I mean, feeling sick, feeling like, um, like I have perfectly good legs yet. I'm not running perfectly good arms yet. I'm not lifting anything, a perfectly strong and brilliant mind that I'm not learning. Mm-hmm. I'm not reading books. I'm not challenging myself mentally. I have a strong heart and I care about people, yet I am not doing anything for people, not of real value. Not, you know, I mean, I could always, you know, comment on someone's stuff on Facebook, like, hey, go for it and talk to people and be positive. But to be honest, like, that's not really, not really helping. I can do right. so much more than that. Right, so that's right. What I mean. 
That's so you were like, you felt less than who you, your potential. Oh, totally. Totally. Uh, And I didn't even know what my potential was, but I knew it had to be bounds more than what I was doing. Was there something you were listening to? Was it doTERRA? Was it working the business? Was it seeing Angela Um, uh, teach? Was it? That was it. It was seeing Angela. You know, I've said this before, the greatest gift you can ever do for someone is your own self-development. And I've seen this countless times since what I saw Angela doing. uh, It was around just before that convention that we talked about the first time. What I saw her doing was she was leveling up and I didn't even know what leveling up was until I saw her doing it. And I saw how people were responding to her differently than they used to. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like selfishly, I wanted that. I wanted a little bit of glory because I felt like I'd worked pretty hard to earn it, but not to the people that was doing what we were doing. None of them were impressed and they had right. no right. And they had no reason to be impressed. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done anything. You know, my wife had done most of it. Interesting. So thank God for Periscope because it seemed as though you got on Periscope uh, and you started talking very vulnerably and honestly about that, yeah. about what you were feeling, what you were experiencing. And I saw you and Angela going on walks together and um, just talking and sharing vulnerably about that. That's, a, that's not easy to do, admitting no, was, some of those things. That was part of my, like, I knew I, I had a big fear of public embarrassment, terrible mm-hmm. fear of public embarrassment and shame. And so I felt like the only way to get over that was to take away its power by telling everybody everything. And then there's never anything to be ashamed of anymore. I could right. just be real and honest, but then I would develop the skill to make it relevant for the people watching. So I wouldn't just go on and go, woe is me. I suck before and I want to be better. And then, you know, goodbye. Thanks for watching. Cause this is no value to you. And, you know what I mean? Like right. I try to like go, Hey guys, here's what I learned today. And here's my challenge to you. Try this or apply this or whatever. Right. And, and message me, let me know what you get out of it. You know, giving people calls to action was huge. Yeah. So, um, so that's when it seemed as though your business th- began even more thriving, at least to me. Um, yeah. I think you had hit diamond Right after right that. that. Right after that. It was March of 2015 when we hit Diamond and we leveled up our marriage and I leveled up my skills. That was, that was the key. That was the key. Yeah. yeah. And did you notice that people, your team, was it more attracted to that or were they already thriving and growing? And did that, did that just sort of come as a, as a byproduct of that or was it, I don't I was I mean, just like how, did, how did it affect did leveling that? up? Did leveling up your marriage, leveling up your business, mm-hmm. um, inspire and motivate your existing team? Or did you see the majority of that happen outside of your team? Uh, I did. I saw, well, I, I saw people in our business that were on the fence now saying, I want to do this. Yeah. It was a slow and gradual thing. Like nobody would ever say you guys have leveled up. So I want to, you know, right. Nobody does that. It's all subtle. But what I noticed, the biggest difference I noticed was more like we were uh, attracting people that we wanted in our business, which is, you know, supportive, loving, you know, wanting to do more for themselves and their family, but also wanting to build a business and help other people too. Right. So we were attracting a lot more of those uh, versus like when we first started out, we just attracted a whole lot of customers because that's all we really were at that time. Right, right. Um, so we kind of established ourselves. And so we, that, that's where the biggest, biggest change came. Um, the other change with the other people are in our business already. It was small and gradual, but right. they started coming around. Yeah, I found that, that a lot of the people, when I started <clears throat> more publicly sharing some of, some of our stuff, we, we, got a lo- we had a lot of people that were um, just attracted to 
what we are saying that we're outside of our team, that we're already existing uh, customers or wellness advocates building their business. It seemed like the people that we already had were, you know, they, they didn't really, it was, they didn't appreciate us as much as the people outside. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, so you noticed the people that, that you were friends with before you were, you changed. Yeah. Starting to like resist a little bit to your change. Right. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Weird. Right. Oh my gosh. I've experienced a lot of this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, so, so Eddie, so, so now you are, you and you and Angela, um, have hit the next rank of blue diamond. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was very, very excited about uh, your training when Angela spoke in Orlando. Did you speak in California? I did. Yeah, you spoke in California. She spoke yeah. in Orlando. I love that. So when she spoke in Orlando, it really sparked a lot uh, on this topic of skilling up. Um, and um, we we picked that up. We picked up the skill up training, and we are about to start a skill up summer. Uh, inside of our team. So we've got June, July, and August. We are going to be skilling up. That's going to be our focus. And then we're going to be doing a 90-day push in the fall. Um, And we're pretty excited about it. But but what did you see about uh, your business that made you realize, okay, we do need to skill up? What was it? What was there a pain? Was there something about your team that you saw that you said, that, that sort of a light just kind of clicked for you guys when you finally realized we need to start skilling up. What was it that sparked it? Um, I saw people go through an, another program that we had gotten into about a, a while back that really focused on training skills. And what I saw was people who I thought weren't doing the business because they had mindset blocks suddenly, suddenly like just out of nowhere suddenly started doing really well and thriving and, 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 and like getting numbers and getting results and being happy. And my first thought was, wow, that's interesting. I, I thought it was a mindset thing for them, but for that person, or maybe those one, not everybody, but a few of them, mm-hmm. it was really not a mind block. It was a skill block. And I thought, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this before? Cause that was my thing before. What I did before was I trained people how to do stuff and how you train is <clears throat> you practice things over and over and over. And then you practice them in real life scenarios. And I don't know why that never occurred to me, but, but when I saw that, that was when I realized we needed a shift in our business and not spend so much time thinking that other people aren't motivated. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a possibility that maybe they just aren't skilled. Right. And they don't even either. They don't know how to be skilled or they don't know how to ask because I never knew how to ask either. So it was really easy to find an opportunity there. Yeah, uh, maybe we can just figure out a way to create a platform where they can just develop skills and practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like common sense, but for some reason, it never dawned to us. <laughs> Donna, isn't it ever, you know, is that weird? Like, oh, oh my gosh, it was, it's it's right there in plain sight, but you just don't even <laughs> don't even see it. I know. No, it's I guess I wanted. To, you know what it is? I think I wanted to make it a mindset issue because that was my issue. My issue we was get, not skill. Yes, we get in a, our way all the time. My issue was not skill too. My, I'm all about motivation. That's, that's, that's why I created the Courage Cast. But you're right. For a lot of people, it's just the confidence of knowing, okay, I know what to say in this scenario. I know what to do in this scenario. And in our business and network marketing, there's really only a certain set of, of skills and scenarios that you, you really need to kind of to, to work in. And once you realize how simple it is to, to, to do those things and, and practice them enough to, to be confident in them, 
um, your business does begin to thrive. Do you think it's easy to, do you think it's even possible to motivate someone? Just that word motivation. Uh, I, I don't, when you mean motivate, like, so when you say motivation, do you mean like for the short term or the long term? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to put a scenario in here. I've got, okay. I've got people who are, you know, at the elite or the premier rank. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to earn some income and they're actually start, or maybe silver rank, um, maybe earning a thousand dollars to $1,500 a month. And they get very comfortable, yeah, very, very comfortable to them. That's more than they ever would have imagined earning. And that's what they're earning every single month. And they get very, very comfortable there. Yeah. They put a limit right there, right? That's their limit. Like that's yeah. all they're willing to accept. That's like, all they're willing to. So, so do you think that's the point? Like my struggle is helping them to see that there's so much more that they, that they are made for, but, but for whatever reasons, whether their husband doesn't want them to work hard anymore or whether they don't believe that they can't find any more people to, to bring into the business or to any more customers, whatever their limiting thoughts or beliefs are, how do you, how do you make them aware of it without, you know, turning them off? And then helping them, them to do something to, to kick them and yeah, kick them in the pants. Uh, well, you know, nothing, um, nothing quite motivates more than the truth. Mm. And especially when the truth is exposed, at least that's what it worked for me. You know what I mean? Like I, in order for me, like in this push that I'm even doing now, like for me to grow myself, I need to be pretty honest and I have to be, mm-hmm. I have to be able to tell the truth. Most people aren't good at telling the truth. And I yeah. know that because I was not for the longest. They don't want to hear it from someone else. Sure, sure, because they, they probably because they keep saying it to themselves and they want to believe it's not true or whatever. Who knows? The point is that like what I I heard this great saying once, which was someone said, uh, "I'm sure you heard the saying right where you can't you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink." Right? Yeah, yeah. But then somebody once said, "But you can feed him crackers." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's genius!" So what is so? How do we put that when it comes to people? Well, first off, they have to, there, there has to be something in the water that they want, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, if, if they don't want thirsty. more than a thousand, sorry? You have to make them thirsty. Well, yeah, you, and that's, so like, so for example, if someone says, I'm only making a thousand dollars and I'm happy with that, that's my limit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I would feed them crackers by asking questions like, oh, that's interesting. Why have you put a limit on yourself? Mm. What has putting limits on yourself done for you in the past? Mm -hmm. What is it doing for you right now? And what will putting this limit on you right now at your current age going forward? For example, here's another, I listened to a great podcast. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I wish I could quote it, but somebody had said, okay, let's pretend you're going to ask, I'll ask them, how old do you think you're going to live to? Just pretend like, you know, Mm -hmm. and they'll say something like 80, 90. That's common, right? Mm -hmm. Or like I'll tell people 120. <laughs> I like to set massive crazy goals that make no sense. So, um, so like 80 or 90. Okay, how old are you now? I'm 40. Okay, so you have decided at the age of 40 when you are at the halfway mark that you're done. That mm-hmm. there is no more that you can, that's for you. There is nothing else left for you. You're good at this point. And, and for me, I know the secret. Mm-hmm. The secret is that there is no staying in one place. That's what pushes me. There's no staying in one place. Mm-hmm. You're either rolling back or you're going forward. That's right. If you're not advancing, you're retreating. Yeah. And so these little 
nuggets, we'll call them crackers. You know, I'm feeding them to them. And there's a strategic seduction going on. Sure. If you will. You know, it's patience. It's like with my kids. If my kids say, I don't want, I don't, like, hey, guys, if you do the schoolwork or do your work on time, I'll get you a, I'll go to the, go to the nickel arcade and we'll play games. Well, like, they're like, well, I'll be honest. I don't, I really don't want to play, the, do my work so bad that I'm mm-hmm. willing to give up that nickel arcade. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I slowly start to like put a little, hey, they, they got a new game over there or telling them a little bit about Ooh. what's going on or show them pictures, I'm right. doing like strategic feeding of crackers. Yeah. So they start to thirst for it and they start going, wow, that seems like a really cool thing. Am I really like, should I really limit myself on this? Yeah. Do homework for 15 minutes and I'm done and I get to right. experience that joy. So that's kind of my fault. That's my angle on it. And then, you know, reading people that way. That I love sense? that. No, I love that, Eddie. That, that's a really good uh, nugget, uh, a good cracker to feed uh, <laughs> my audience. Um, so, so now... You are, you just, you're just put, you're leveling up again, man. I can never, I can yeah. never pin you down. I can never <laughs> pin Eddie and Angela down. I'm just, I'm, there's always something new and I love that you're growing. So tell me about this, this new kind of 90 day um, push that you're doing this. You're being very vulnerable. You're talking yeah. about you're being very honest about some of the things that you've seen in yourself that you may not have liked. Yeah, or, or just curious, what has stand out stood out for you on on that? I'm, I would love to because I I'm only on day nine of a right. ninety day push, right? right? And obviously, right. I've gotten some attention. I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. But um, what, Why what has stood out for you? that? Thousands of people uh, love your content and want your content and and love what you're doing. You're providing a tremendous amount of value, and when you provide a tremendous amount of value, people are going to listen. Oh, what's Eddie up to next? What is he doing next? And, and you, have a, you have a really legitimate place of influence because you gave of yourself. You first gave of yourself. You made yourself incredibly vulnerable and you, you've been giving a lot of things to, your, to people that are following you. So what has stood out for me? Why does that stand out for me? Because, um, because I always am attracted to people who are not afraid to um, risk them risk embarrassment risk um because here's let me i'm sorry i'm, I'm kind of going on a little bit of a rant here and i'm hearing you go go i want to hear this do your thing uh, but what i love and, and what i see in myself is I, I also see in myself at times someone who's afraid um many times someone who's afraid and when i started the courage cast it was a daily podcast and i was being very very vulnerable but what i found is um I became less and less vulnerable on the courage cast over time. And I got kind of in a routine and in a rut with the podcast. So what, what uh, impacted me is I know deep down inside of me, there's a, someone who wants to be very, very vulnerable, tell people what's really going on and offer solutions very much like you are, uh, to things. And I'm a very thoughtful person and I, and I enjoy processing verbally out loud. Um, whereas it it does help. It does help. Although you kind of ramble, I ramble, not you. I ramble. I I know the feeling. (laughs) So I get to make my point, you know, but, um, so I was attracted to the vulnerability of what you're, what you're about. So tell everybody if you could, 
sure. what you're doing now in nine days in what, what, um, why, why, why are you doing it? I was in church once and somebody had talked about how, like, why is it we only pray when things are going bad? And I was like, that's true. <laughs> now that's true. It hadn't, it really wasn't, it's not for me. It's not really true for me anymore. Over the, over the last few years, I've, I've grown a very strong connection to my heavenly father. And, and so I, I created a really good habit of prayer every single morning because I believe heavily in starting the day with gratitude, remembering where everything is coming from the gifts that are being given to me and the one person who can help me do certain things that I, even if I gave everything, all, everything I have, the one person who can actually make all those things really possible, which is my, my Lord and, and, and my Lord and God. But when he said that, it made me think about how my life, um, we hit blue diamond, right? Financially, we're doing very well. Um, my relationship with my wife has never been better. Like, I mean, I honestly feel like our, if I were to measure our marriage from a scale of one to 10, I'd call it a 12. Mm. Um, my relationship with my kids, fabulous, amazing. Like I'm just like, I'm so in love with them. And then uh, my spirituality, my connection with my heavenly father, reminder of, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at these numbers that I measure in my health. And I'm like, you know what? I could, I could improve my health a little bit. I could lose about 20 pounds. That would be cool. But that wasn't enough to kind of get me going. I didn't. Right. In other words, it was weird. Like I was for the first time in my life. I'm like, things are going wonderful. What do I have to push for? You're and content. that was when I, that was when I got the answer. Yeah. Success will not bury me. Success mm. will not be my downfall. Success will not be the thing that will allow me to get complacent and roll backwards. See, that's the adversary's job. That's mm-hmm. what he wants. He mm-hmm. wants me to be sit there and go, look at how amazing I am. I'm on stage at doTERRA and everyone's loving me. I don't need to level up anymore. So these little bits of information have been like crackers been being fed to me over the last couple of months. And finally, I just got sick of it. And I did a, I was at a, a theme park with my kids. And as we're walking out of the park, I just said, 90 days. The voice said, 90 days, do it right now. Turn on your phone or you will miss this opportunity. So I turned on my phone. If you go on my Facebook page, you'll see it. I'm at a, a place called the Lagoon here in Utah. And I just go on. I say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level up for 90 days and I'm going to make it all for me. This is my valuable thing, but I'm going to open it up to you in the hopes that maybe there's one person out there who might get some value from it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, this is something that I need to do right now. Plus the thought of, hey, I can do a lot for people, but what if I could do more? Mm-hmm. And the only mm-hmm. thing that's keeping me from doing more is me. And like, that's, see, there's more like nuggets, right? Sure. These are like the thoughts that come in my head or the voice plants into my head or the spirit or whatever you want to call it. It's just, uh, it keeps egging me forward. And I finally go, okay, all right, no more complacency. Got to stop this. Plus I noticed, to be honest here, I get very judgmental of people mm-hmm. when I'm not leveling up. Mm. I get very critical and I get very analytical of what other people are doing. And that's the first sign. Good. That I'm not pushing me. When I start looking at other people going, mm, that guy's doing it wrong. Or that girl's doing it wrong. But that's, hmm, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I know everything about finding your why and the blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Right. That's a dark place to be. If you're it is. Like it's that, ugly. Man. It's so ugly when you see that. But it's from a place of jealousy and envy and trying to justify your lack of, you know, desire to really improve and grow. Yeah. And, and taking a lot of pride in the fact that I worked really hard and sacrificed to be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Well, I worked my yes. butt off to get where I'm at. I yes. deserve to be critical of you. And that's a bunch of hooey. Mm. That's like seriously a bunch of nonsense because I know it's nonsense because it just makes me angry and it puts me in a dark place. That means it's not true. Right. You know, that, that whole thing. So anyway, so I, I went on a bit of a rant there. But. No, it was fantastic, Eddie. I loved it. Um, so what kind of things are you, what did you set some goals for yourself? Yeah. What are you yes. trying to level up in every well, area? Of everything. Life? Yeah. So my goal was to do a little bit of everything. Now here's, what's cool. Um, you know, I, I, I could tell you everything that I'm doing, but I'll be honest. Most people when they're first, like where they were, I'll even just say me where I was four years ago, even if I knew all this stuff that I know now, Four years ago, I would not have been capable of doing what I'm doing now every day. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, this is like after three and a half years. Momentum, doing, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no way I could have done what I'm doing now. So, but the basic concept is this, is taking a look at my health, my spirit, my relationships, and my money, my bank account, right? My business. And doing little things every single day to level them all up. So I set these goals for each one of them and measurable goals. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to spirituality, that's a tough one to measure, but I'll tell you how I'm doing it. First one, business was easy, right? We got to hit presidential diamond. Boom. Sure. Done, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I never in my wildest dreams thought that that would even be realistic. Mm-hmm. But now my mind says, yeah, you need but, to do But this. stop there for just because you, you sure. made a great, a great video outlining uh, how you broke that down. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's really, really important. And a lot of people set a goal for presidential diamond, um, us included, but they miss the, 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 the breaking it down into monthly and weekly and daily yeah. goals and activities, which you did. Yeah. And when you did that, it made it much more uh, realistic, you know, right? Realistic. Like, like how, you know, the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's the yeah. same thing. It's totally true. And I, you know, I, I, same thing. I didn't know how to do that mm-hmm. four, three years ago. We hit diamond just off pure passion. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, and, and we hit blue diamond being strategic, but like to hit presidential, I knew we had to hit another level. So I had to learn how to really break those things down because I don't like feeling overwhelmed. I don't like it yeah. at all. I don't like it either. How yeah. do you hold yourself accountable though? Cause that's a daily kick in the pants, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is how mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody that's the first one. I know it's scary. Right? I'm literally telling everybody I'm going to hit presidential diamond. I have uh-huh. no choice. I know. I know. See, man. I told you, I'm terrified of public embarrassment, man. Yeah. But see, I, but there's a thing in my brain that knows that when I'm pushed, I do well. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm not, I'm just that person. I'm not, and my wife, Angela, she could push herself. I'm grateful for that. She has that skill. Cause I don't, Yeah, I need motivation. I need something on the outside to scare the crap out of me. You know, right. when I was growing up and um, when I was growing up in uh, school, it was my teachers. When I played basketball, it was my coaches, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and now it's like, well, what is it? Well, now yeah. it's people like you, right. amazing, amazing people that I like hold up to a high level. Mm-hmm. Like telling you that I'm going to hit presidential scares the crap out of me because mm-hmm. I'm like, Eric knows that mm-hmm. what that means. He knows that's a big deal. I can't just fake that. Right. So right. I do daily, like every day developing myself and I document it all on my blog so everyone can see like how I do it. Right. Like, so I tell want, me about I want that to be transparent. Yeah. Now when you do that again, now you're holding, you decided to go presidential diamond. That means someone else has to go platinum and, and three of those people have to go silver and yeah. all those people. So yeah. um, how are you going about 
I'm just really curious, how are you going about talking to your team about this? Good question. So it's not up to me to tell them that they need to go platinum, right? It's not my job. I'm not the boss. Mm -mm. Um, I'll feed them crackers, but they'll either eat it or they won't. Mm -hmm. But if they're eating the crackers, that lets me know that this is what they want. So Mm -hmm. I ask questions. What do you want? Oh, I want to hit, I want to hit gold. I want to hit platinum. I want to hit this. Why does that matter to you? Like, why do you care if you hit platinum? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I want to hit platinum. And and people always come up with very general non-truth questions or answers Mm -hmm. to those questions. But I like, I, I'm a very, like, just like you, I love to ask questions and dig deeper into the psyche of a person. Yeah. And so I'll say, but why does that matter? But why does that matter? And then every answer is another question. Why does that matter? Like, yeah. why do you care? Uh-huh. To the point where they're just like, oh my gosh, this is huge. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not ready and they don't want to, then I will put, do what I'm doing now. What Angela's doing as well is putting it out there. We want people to join us in this business. Yeah. And so attracting more people is the other plan. It's like the, it's not plan B. It's like part of the plan is inspiring or helping our leaders see that they could do more and then inviting other people to join us in this yeah. cause. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's a cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a cause. It's a cause for ourselves. Yep. It's a cause. Everybody has to recognize that for their, for themselves. But I love that, that you're, you're prompting with questions and just keep deep diving deeper and deeper. I remember I was at, um, did you ever do elite, uh, premier retreat at the shed of ease? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have, I get them yeah. confused with some of the ones. Yes. Well, I remember she, um, that was her thing is she would ask constantly. Well, why, why it was almost like a seven or eight time to seven or eight times. She would constantly dive deeper and deeper to the point where it's almost sort of a little bit, awkward and uncomfortable to keep asking why, what, what does that mean to you? And why, why, why? But, but when you can get into that real conversation with somebody and, and get to the core of what it is almost to the point where they're emotional, then you know that, that you've had an, you've made an impact and you've really touched a nerve that, that will make a difference in their lives, hopefully, because otherwise yeah. you cannot, you cannot drive a horse to drink water. Right. <laughs> um, on their own, other than feeding them crackers. That's right. fantastic. Okay. A couple, a couple more uh, things I just want to ask you about. So what are some other 90 day push goals that you have? You think you're going to hit 90 days in, you're going to hit presidential in 90 days? Is that no, no, no. That, that's a, it's a, it's a 90 day push for a six month. push for a six we, month. Uh, no, the plan is December. Okay. Uh, we're in, uh, was it May 23rd right now is mm-hmm. this recording. Right. So the plan is December. So this, I broken down six months. I took, mm-hmm. I took six months and made it three months. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what's beyond the 90 days. I really didn't right. even do that. Right. I just know about halfway, which is 90 days from now, we need to be here. Right. Uh, so, and then I broke that down by the three months and then the weekly and the daily. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a six month plan. Okay. Um, so that's on the presidential. But uh, so tell me about some of the other uh, spiritual and... Uh, well, the relationships thing was my, with uh, marriage, uh, with my wife is that we would, that the measurable thing is that we would take more trips together, which we are currently doing. Uh, yeah, you're going to so, North Carolina in a, a week or two, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be heading up to North Carolina that we'll be in Ann Arbor. And then, uh, we're bringing the kids with us on our next couple of travels. We're going to be in um, Vegas and then, uh, Temecula, California. Vegas with the gotta, kids is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. So <laughs> So if I, if I say that I've, I've leveled up my marriage, the best way to measure that is how much time am I spending with my wife? 
doing things that it's just her and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, date nights every week. And then, so like, I can count that. Like I can count mm-hmm. how many times we go on date nights. Mm-hmm. I can count how many times we go on trips together. I can count how many times I do something for her every single day. Like pick up her favorite drink at the Starbucks or mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Those kinds of things. And the same thing goes with my kids. So I created little simple things like, I write them notes every day and I post, I hide post-its in their rooms mm-hmm. or I spend 15 to 30 minutes with each of my, I have seven children, six of them here are living at home. So I spend like, I just conscious like every single day, I got to spend at least 30 minutes with one of them, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. So I can measure that. Right. And that to me means that I'm leveling up my relationships with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, with my spirit, it's prayer, meditation, and journaling. So mm-hmm. if I'm doing those every single day, then I'm leveling up there. Mm-hmm. That's how I measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I keep it simple. By the way, I talk about this. Honestly, that whole process, I've actually completed 90% of that whole process. Uh, before our call here, it, it's now 10. It was, we started here about 10 uh, a.m. Mountain Standard mm-hmm. Time. So I completed all those things before we even met. All Doesn't of the be- things, the spiritual and the, uh, the kids' time? or just Spiritual the- kids, yeah. Well, not the time. I, I wrote them some notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I completed that. That's something I can do quickly. And do you actually track that or is it all mentally? Track it. On what? Uh, What do you use? Um, Just a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nothing complicated. And I, and I use a a Wufu form. W-U-F-O-O.com is a pretty cool place where you can go and create your own forms. So I Uh put my own questions and I just answer them, you know? Okay. But when I journal, I answer uh, basic questions. Yeah. Uh, I have a habit. I have a habit tracker app where I can track daily and weekly activities and things like that. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. So all, by the way, all these journals that I'm talking about, I post those on my blog too. The journals, the spiritual journals, the journaling. Wow. Yeah. It's when you, when you go on my blog, you'll see uh, currently, I love blogging. It's so much fun because you can do a lot with a webpage. Yeah. And so on my blog, it's like, there's a, there's like a, a picture and a title, a short little blurb, a video, and then my, like my notes and the things that I worked on that day. Mm-hmm. And I started posting my Facebook story. Anyway, so that just like website stuff like is that. what for everybody who wants to follow you? What's that? What's the website? Oh, it's edipvia.com mm-hmm. um, forward slash blog is where you find the blog, but there's some other things in there too. Yeah. Um, which I've never really been good at keeping a really having a good website. So I'm, I'm going to be working on that pretty soon too. But the blog okay. is my favorite. It's like my playground. It works though. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. So all these journals and stuff that I'm doing, I post them there because I believe, I mean, I'll be honest, there's a lot of vulnerability in there. I talked mm-hmm. about how, and you might, maybe you can relate to this. Um, but you know, and my wife, Angela is on this kick with weight loss. She mm-hmm. lost over like a hundred pounds. She killed it. And I was doing yeah. it with her when she first started and I dropped 30 pounds, mm-hmm. but I, I had a problem with it and I didn't even know I had a problem with it. And I put the weight back on. Hmm. It's crazy. So I did a journal about that and I put that in my blog as well. Like, what was that about? Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned about that. Anyway, that was part of my spiritual learn? journey. What was your problem? Um, same thing like you talked about with that one gal or that one person is like making a thousand dollars. I'm like, you know what? This, this level of abundance looking healthy and strong and, and people coming up to me going, Hey, you look so good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to accept that. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't want it. Like I didn't even know that I didn't want it. I only know I didn't want it because I took it away from myself. I stopped mm-hmm. doing what, what I was doing to get there. We're so self-defeating, aren't we? We just, yeah, it's, it's it amazing. Mm-hmm. Never ends. It just, I mean, I, that's the thing I would tell anybody. He's like, you know what? This is never going to end. You're just going to get better at handling it. Yeah. Being aware. Times. Yeah. It's sneaky. It sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. So with um, the last part, of course, with my health, it's easy, right? 
Sure. I got weight. I want to drop some weight and play basketball as often as I can. Those oh, that's are, right. You were playing this morning. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. You have so a good morning. You have a good morning routine. It sounds like. Sounds like you try uh, to get it accomplished before before noon. The majority of things. That's the yeah because you know there's a negativity everywhere. Yeah. And if you let it, and I mean you, you know this. I'm speaking to the. I'm totally preaching to the choir here. But if you pay attention to the negativity before you have prepped yourself to believe that a lot of it is nonsense, then this rolling backward thing happens. Yeah. This limiting beliefs and limiting how much good comes to you happens. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it is. I started reading, um, listening to The Strangest Secret every day on my runs or my walks. Um, have you ever listened to that? I'm writing it down right now. I don't, I don't ever ignore book recommendations. Earl Nightingale. It is the oldest. You can just find it. It's free on YouTube. Um, and it's just a 30-minute, um, you become what you think about. And, um, when, when I listen, it's amazing. I don't, sometimes I don't want to listen to it on my runs, but I've gotten stuck on it because I realize how negative my mind wakes up and how, how, where my mind goes pretty quickly in the morning. If I don't, if I don't purposely, um, find, uh, find a tool or a resource that will pull me out of the 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 muck isn't that weird how easy and natural it is to roll to the negative Mm -hmm. oh yeah but you have to like consciously like work to put something positive in front of you yes yes this is why the news is so popular so easy to fall in love with oh yeah not creepy oh it is i don't even even know what's going on in the world today i can't listen or watch it it's (laughs) me too much i get my news from facebook and that's yeah. kind of it <laughs> if something serious is happening i'll find out about it pretty quick yeah um that's funny all right. <laughs> all right uh so eddie this has been a joy I, I it's very natural for me to talk with you you're uh you're a real positive person in my life uh, whether you know it or not there's a lot of the stuff that you're doing um i'm observing i'm taking it in and um and i'm encouraged by it and it, it also pushes me to get back to what I originally had intended with the courage cast, which is to be very, very vulnerable and uh, to be an open book and right on. Uh, let people right on, learn from it and, uh, and really glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, change is painful, but required, right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't have time for, I usually ask some rapid fire questions. I don't have time today, but I would love to have you on again and ask you some, totally. um, I have a series of rapid fire questions that I'm um, itching to ask you, but it'll be another time. Thank okay, you. Eddie. We'll do it again. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Eddie P. Villa, V-I-L-L-A yes. dot com uh, is the place to go. Eddie, any final thoughts? Uh, dude, words? I'm grateful. Thank you very much for your kind words. And uh, you just you just encouraged me to, to go even harder and go do more. That's right, um, man. So I, I can't share enough the value of just being encur- an encourager like you. Thanks. So thank you for doing that and continue. Please don't yeah. ever stop. Absolutely, man. Okay. God bless you. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah,